0: sitting already. Thank you to Alan and the band, Phil and Bridget. If you have your Bibles with you um, and you want to follow the reading, uh, tonight's reading is from Matthew chapter 13 and it's quite a long reading. So it's uh, one Verse 1 to uh, verse 52, so quite a long reading, but it will also be on the screen as well. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, "'Why do you speak to the people in parables?' Jesus replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see. And your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but did not see it. And to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy but since they have no roots they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Which a man took and planted in his field, though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 30 kilograms of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. The disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. And they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And they will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets. They threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come, separate the wicked from the righteous, and throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. And he said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. What fabulous stuff! Do we pray together? Father God, just as we look briefly at this passage together tonight, we pray that you would give us understanding, give us ears to hear, that we might be those who see and who hear and whose hearts changed. Holy Spirit. We thank you for the word that has been sown in our hearts tonight. May it produce fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we have that first slide up, Chris? This is a memo to the director regarding Stephen. Some of you may have seen this. And please, uh, if you're called Stephen, don't take this personally, okay? In any way. Stephen, the newest member of the team, can always be found hard at work in his cubicle. Stephen works independently without wasting company time talking to colleagues. Never thinks twice about assisting fellow employees and he always finishes assignments on time. Stephen often takes extended measures to complete his work, sometimes even skipping lunch breaks. He is an unusual individual who's been, who has absolutely no vanity in spite of his strong qualifications and profound knowledge in his field. I firmly believe that Stephen can be classed among our very best employees, the type which cannot be dispensed with. Consequently, I duly recommend that Stephen be promoted to senior management and a proposal will be sent away as soon as possible. It's good, isn't it? Second memo to the director regarding Stephen. Stephen was looking over my shoulder as I wrote my previous memo, so please read only every alternate line for my true assessment of him. Should we leave it there, or do you want to actually see the... Yeah, okay. Memo to the director regarding Stephen. Stephen, the newest member of the team, can always be found wasting company time talking to colleagues. He never finishes assignments on time. Stephen often takes extended lunch breaks. He is an unusual individual who has absolutely no knowledge in his field. I firmly believe that Stephen can be dispensed with. Consequently, I duly recommend that Stephen be sent away as soon as possible. Thanks, Chris. Again, apologies if you're called Stephen. Sometimes Jesus chose to speak in a kind of code. And he did this by Speaking in parables. Now most of us as we read that passage in Matthew 13 would have been familiar with the parables. But we're not so familiar with the words that Jesus says in between the parables. Explaining why he spoke in parables. It's one of the questions his disciples asked him. Verse 10 of our reading. Why do you speak to people in parables? And Jesus answered, and we can be a bit taken aback by this sometimes, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. Not to them. Not to the crowds. Not to the religious authorities. But to you. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand, fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah. And he quotes from Isaiah 6 about the people hearing but not hearing, seeing but not seeing. Their hearts being hardened. So what is a parable? I guess we would all kind of agree it's an everyday story with a spiritual meaning. That's what I always thought they were. It's a comparison. A comparison of subjects for the purpose of teaching. Generally speaking, the parables make one salient point. So why did Jesus speak to the crowds in parables? Well, partly because of the opposition. By this point in His ministry, he is being opposed by the religious authorities. They're looking for ways to trap him, to snare him. And he has to be careful what he says because his time has not yet come. So he he begins to preach and speak in parables. And so the parables enable Jesus to teach in that context of opposition. And the parables do reveal truth. For those with ears to hear. Often you'll hear that phrase. For those with ears to hear, let them hear. For those with eyes to see, those who are hungry for truth. But the parables also concealed, hid that truth. To those who were either opposed to him Not interested, too lazy to look, or blinded by the lies and works of the enemy. You see, Jesus could have just drawn crowds upon crowds upon crowds. And there are times in his ministry that 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 happened. There were lots of crowds around, especially in the miracles of the 5,000. Crowds wanted to make him king. But when he preaches in parables, he he gives people an invitation to see. And the invitation is for people to actually look in a mirror and see themselves. In the parables, we have an invitation from Jesus to follow him, a challenge to go deeper, to think again about the big questions of life. There is an invitation in the parables to make that commitment to Jesus. And it's interesting that Matthew, in his gospel, gathers seven parables together in this one passage. And Jesus says, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been revealed to you, but not to them. If you read through those parables, the secret, if you see it, is this. The seed grows. The yeast spreads. The mustard seed skyrockets into a huge tree. The net catches the fish. This reveals a secret of the kingdom of God. That it is all about him and not about us. What are the workers? What are what are we? required to do sow the seed can we make it grow? no throw the net mix in the yeast wait for the harvest as disciples of Jesus and As someone committed to preaching the gospel myself, I find this quite hard at times. Because everything within me wants to make it happen. I want to make it happen. I want to see the kingdom of God grow more and more. And we can be tempted to tweak and change and adapt and reshape the good news. Just in that desire of winning more, which is a good thing. But I have learned that it's not about me. Just embarked on another After Alpha course where we look at the purpose-driven life by Rick Warren. And if you've never read it, the first line is, it's not about you. What a great book. Great start to a book. Especially when you see sometimes Rick Warren's book is put under self help in some kind of libraries and things. Self help. Self help book? Great. Let's read it. It's not about you. Oh. Not about me. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's all about him, the king of the kingdom and we if we have eyes to see if we have ears to hear pledge allegiance to the king of the kingdom (coughs) and pledge allegiance to his cause and commit ourselves to follow his instructions because believe it or not he is in control our task is to do what he says Unless we sow what God gives us, we'll never reap anything of a harvest. I always find it interesting in reading the Gospels, and it seems strange to me that Jesus himself seemed to aim for fewer and fewer disciples. The crowds began to thin out as he starts to talk about, I'm going to Jerusalem and I will be arrested and, you know, held in the hands of sinful men and handed over to them and the crowds begin to thin out. Even the disciples kind of wonder whether they should go. And Jesus says to them, do you, do you want to go as well? And they famously say, well, where would we go? To whom would we go? You're the only one who has the words of eternal life. seems that Jesus is interested in Genuine disciples. The Great Commission is go and make disciples, isn't it? Not go and make converts. See how many people just respond to you. It's go and actually make disciples. Authentic followers of Jesus. Not the crowds or the hangers on And in the parable of the sower, which is probably the best known, I don't know, parable, certainly among those we read, he holds up a mirror to the crowds as if to say, which soil are you? See, the crowds don't get the interpretation. So we've read it, we've read the book, we know the interpretation. But what if you just heard the parable? He holds up a mirror. And he even seems to prepare his disciples for discouragement. For some, the good news will just bounce off. It'll hit hit that path and it will just bounce off the path and Satan will come and snatch away what was sown. Some just refuse to hear, don't they? Have you ever heard someone say to you, just don't tell me about it? I don't want to know. Others gladly hear, but they've got no roots. And they soon turn away. Others grow quickly, but at the first hint of hardship. Turn back. Others are, are choked by the concerns of the world. And none of those first three produce fruit. But only the, so, uh, the soil that is good and receives the seed, the good soil, produces a harvest, bears fruit 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. I love the parable of the sower. And sometimes I read it in different ways because sometimes I feel like I'm kind of different soils. But it is a foundational parable. And you know what? Every alpha course, I watch a live version of the parable of the sower. Over eight weeks or ten weeks, It's live. You know, you could do a you know one of those TV shows about it, couldn't you? Oh, they did, didn't they? (laughs) The Alpha course on TV, remember that? And you just watch the parable of the sower being lived out. Because some people who say they're coming never turn up. Or some that come from the first week say it's not for me, bounces off. And then others gray and then after a while no no it's not for me then others it's like they've been waiting to receive that seed and suddenly they receive it and it begins to produce fruit picked on a lady this morning who just second time in church and I've asked her to come to the front and share (laughs) because she she came as good soil, and the seed went in, and it just bore fruit. What I loved about her um, sheet that she filled at the end is what did you love most about Alpha? Through Alpha, I have found Jesus. How would you describe your terms in, yourself in terms of the Christian faith? I am a follower of Jesus. She's so become a disciple. become a follower of Jesus Jesus also warns his disciples that sometimes there will be confusion along the way you see the parable of the weeds and and the parable of the net parable of the weeds you know where where God sows the seed and the wheat grows but the enemy comes in and sows weeds see I have always known that weeds are from the enemy (laughs) How do they get there? You know, you have this lovely garden and these weeds come up. Not that I do much about it. Hermie does a lot about her kind of weed thing. And the fish. Would you imagine that in a catch of fish that there would be bad ones there that have to be thrown away? And sometimes we have to live with the tension that there are weeds amongst the wheat. And that there are bad fish among the good fish. And Jesus says, leave it. I'll sort it out at the right time. He knows. Because he sees through. He sees the hearts of everyone. I remember Hermie telling me a story when she'd just become a Christian went to her church. There was a coven, a witch coven just down the road. And they would send people into the service to disrupt the service. What should you do with them? and you kick them out well you can't kick them out it's public you just come through the door you say Jesus you're Lord of everything you know the hearts of everyone here if there's someone coming to disrupt or bring something that is against what you're doing you can handle that in a better way than we can It also speaks of the present hiddenness of the kingdom, but of its future vindication. There are parts in the world now where the church is hidden, but it's there. It's not as obvious, but it's there, and it will be vindicated. I'm watching China Because I hear stories of the most amazing things, of however many millions and millions of believers there. There is going to come a point, there has to come a point, where the gospel and the kingdom reveals itself in a way that is transformational across that land. It's growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. But then there are other parts of the world where the church is very small and it's oppressed and it's you would hardly notice it's there, but it is there. And the Lord knows. Maybe with Stacy in Afghanistan and the believers there, saints. It won't be hidden forever. When I hear stories of secret believers, particularly in the Islamic world, there's going to come a day when they won't have to be secret anymore. Most of all, through this passage, Jesus assures that it's all in his hand and he is at work. What a comfort! it's not about us it's all about him we can scarcely imagine how daunting it must have been for the early church given the great commission go into all the world yet they did just a handful of disciples 120 gathered on the day of pentecost transform the world Did they do it? No. The Lord did it, but they were obedient to his call. Jesus speaks of the mustard seed and the yeast. The mustard seed, so tiny, but it will grow into this huge tree. It will grow into the whole world, the kingdom of heaven. The yeast will spread through the whole dough. And the treasure and the pearl both stress the incalculable value of the kingdom of heaven. A right relationship with God is worth everything. Any sacrifice. And it may cost everything we have, but it is worth it. And the net brings these parables, this collection, to a conclusion. It's a parable about judgment, about separation. There will be a day when Jesus separates those who are his and those who are not his. And we're not the ones to do it. Sometimes I'm tempted to... Yeah, they're not. No, No, that's his job. Because only he is the one who is qualified to do that. He says this is how it will be at the end of the age. And then at the end of those bit of teaching, he says to those closest around him, those disciples, he asks, have you understood all these things? What would you have said? Well, they said, yes. I wonder if it was Peter who first said yes. Oh, I don't know. If they were all looking around, who's going to say yes first? Yeah. Have you understood these things? Yes, they replied. What an encouragement to know the kingdom of God is coming. It's unstoppable. The kingdom of heaven is unstoppable. We may look upon this world and see the darkness and the bleakness and sometimes just the, how Lord will you do this? But it is unstoppable. No power will overcome the plans of God. But notice that sowing and harvesting and growing and baking and fishing are not instant things. I mean, I'm no fisherman, but I, I don't think... So. I've often watched occasionally these programs about fishing on telly and, and they, they spend ages doing nothing and catching nothing. I think, strange thing to do. Or they catch something and then they lose it on the line. But it takes time. It takes time. The kingdom of God is coming. But there is waiting as well involved. Sometimes we just have to trust. So, In chapter 13, Jesus speaks in parables. It's a bit of a code. To those with eyes to see and ears to hear, they see and hear the secret and the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And it's the same today. And those who have ears, let them hear. So as Chipping Camden Baptist Church, we're just embarking on a new term and we're starting with 24 hours of prayer because we're just going to say to God, God, we need you. And we will do what we can do. And Will you do what you can do? So let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your word that we've read tonight. Thank you that you have revealed to us secrets of the